Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Well, tomorrow is my favorite day of the week. We do this show live on Rockfin and also the free portion we stream to YouTube think are we still on facebook we got taken down last time we did a live stream to facebook yeah i don't think our facebook live stream is able to exist anymore all right so forget that but there are a lot of different places you can get it i think we're live streaming it to twitter so that's cool and uh so if you want to watch this this show being recorded live you can watch the free portion on rockfin at our channel propaganda report you could also watch the free portion at youtube or twitter on our feeds and channels but then if you want to see the whole xr which is the whole 50 minutes it really ends up being like 55 60 minutes we try to take a few questions then you have to be a subscriber to rockfin so if you are already a subscriber we would love for you to plug in because at the end there there's only um you know, there's a limited number of people who are re- are there to ask questions because it's in the middle of the day and we can engage a little bit. So we would love to see you there. That's tomorrow, the DNBXR live on Rockfin Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. So hopefully we'll see you there, but it'll still be in your audio feed. And don't forget this Saturday is our Zoom party. It is intro to crypto and that's gonna be a really cool first 20 minutes educational and then open to q a it's gonna be really great so make sure you're a patron saint if you want to participate in that this saturday couldn't be a better week for that too because of how volatile the crypto oh really is it going up and down like it's been a roller coaster ride this week really well uh the other thing we have and this is tonight so just as you're listening to this you're listening to this show you'll only just be able to make it but if you're a patron you'll get an email that will give you an unlisted link for you to join us for our hemp cast we're having chris from true hemp science and the lovely aviva from hempdemic fame as our guests and we're going to learn everything there is to learn about hemp so we're going to do that. And if you are a subscriber, you're going to be able to plug in there and enjoy the show with us live and maybe ask questions. But if you're not, don't worry. We are going to put it in the free feed during our avalanche of interviews and our white-pilled Christmas. And why is it a white-pilled Christmas, do you ask? Because the fact that we're still talking and you're still listening means that we have some serious hope. And of course, the ultimate white pill is the true meaning of Christmas. So it is, uh, by default, every Christmas is a white pill. Well, that's a very nice message to start off the show with, I think. Yes, and I've been really in a good mood. I'm... We, we never really traveled for Christmas because it's always hard to travel with my son who has Down syndrome. But my mother's getting so old, we can't drag her around anymore. So we are going to spend our first Christmas at her house. And I'm excited about it. But boy, is it an intimidating prospect. It's going to be your family, your brothers, your sisters, your kids, all yes. in your mom's house. It's like a movie. Yes, and have you ever really fully absorbed my mom's house? My my mom's house is tiny. My husband, who comes from a different world, apparently, he's just been too consumer oriented for too long. He said, "Does your 
<laughs> this is such a ridiculous question. Does your mom have two ovens? Okay, we we don't have two ovens. <laughs> and I corrected him to say, like, the appropriate question would be, does your mom have an oven? I mean, literally, like what she starting has, with one oven before you move. Yes, on to the second like one. I would, I would be surprised. Does your mom have three cars? <laughs> my mother's car. Ha- she first of all should never drive it, but she does. Uh, my she still rarely. Wow, yeah. She only drives it to visit the cemetery and go to church, which is very, very close to her house, and she doesn't do it too often. But she, her car, I. Has I think it has 140,000 miles on it. For all I know, it could have 240,000 miles on it. But my mother's house is awesome. I love hanging around with her. It will be bursting at the seams with all those people. I have my fake mask little goodie bags to give everybody in case I don't have presents because New York and California just passed these indoor statewide mask mandates, which happily for my mother, it's not enforced in her county. They're, they just won't do it. People are just stopping doing this, the mandates and stuff. But speaking of that whole That BS, is a benefit, though, I would say, at Christmas time, being able to give somebody who is pro-mask just a box of masks. I mean, oh. what kind of president is this? I care about you. <laughs> I did actually trigger a Vax Borgs person with, by donning a... It's not a fake mask. It is an high-performance athletic mask that is fully compliant with all laws. And that is a fact. You can get it at fakemaskworldwide.com. I have no association with those people. I just think it's it's funny. So it's totally compliant in every way. I shouldn't call it a fake. I don't know why they call it a fake mask. Some of them are obviously fake, but this one isn't. The double incognito. Uh, but yes, Vaxborgers do not like it when you whip out the fake mask. But anyway, so that'll be under the tree this year at my mom's house. Uh, but I wanted to, on an absolutely purely scientific note, quote or paraphrase Dr. McCullough. I had the privilege to be on the Union of the Unwanted this week. And to my utter amazement, the great Dr. McCullough was on there and another great doctor, Dr. Hirschhorn, whom I'd been trying to get on the show and am getting on the show in January. Very excited to talk to him. He's uh, uh, He does the Fauci exposés. He's been one of those doctors who's just uh, had courage the whole time. But McCullough, I think he was recently on Rogan. He's got a lot more public profile He's a cardiologist, and which makes him extra interested in the vaccines because in the FDA documents, it cites the increased incidence of carditis, and it is an ongoing study, even though the vaccines are out there. So it's something of concern to him. And he actually said that he made a couple of points, but one of the things he said is write down these five things. So I wrote them down and I'm going to tell you them now. But just like other things in the avalanche of interviews, we will have the Union of the Unwanted in our white pilled Christmas series this episode. So I'll just give you a sampling. He said these five things. He said asymptomatic spread is a lie. He said no testing necessary because symptoms basically are the test since asymptomatic spread is not a thing. You cannot get it a second time. He said that a no two cases, bona fide cases of COVID have been proven to have occurred in the same person. They talk about that. I know people who think they've had it twice, but he said that there is no uh, indisputable evidence of that. 
Bushy really? Spasms. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, that makes me feel good. Because I've had yeah, it. Yeah, I so feel if great. that's true, then I definitely. <laughs> yeah. However, I'm going to tell you something in a second that's not going to make you feel good. Uh, it is eminently treatable, uh, he said, just with the basic monoclonal ad- antibodies. But he has a protocol. Um, Rogan followed it. American frontline doctors have protocols. Um, I asked him about long haul COVID and he directed me to American frontline doctors. I actually had to find the site that page in the Wayback Machine. So I put it in the show notes. His last thing was that vaccines are not sufficiently safe or effective, the COVID vaccines that are currently available. So, but going back to the long haul COVID thing, I asked him if that was a real thing. And he said, yes. He said the only other disease to have a lasting presence that we know of besides COVID is, you're never going to guess. Maybe you will guess. AIDS. Good guess. Uh, Lyme disease. Lyme disease. Does Bush have Lyme disease? I think I heard that. I looked that up. Congress has a, it has been brought up in Congress. I don't know if they actually launched the investigation, but it was certainly something that was put on the table to investigate whether Lyme disease was a bioweapon. Now, I didn't want to really put these guys on the spot and say, make them talk about a conspiracy theory that this stuff is has to be gain-of-function bioweapon level stuff. I think Dr. Hirshhorn will answer those questions when we talk to him on our in January, but that I found very interesting. But here's the problem. If COVID is like Lyme disease and we had COVID, yikes. Oh, wow. Because Lyme disease is bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's and not you, so cool. If you don't treat it properly that's when you get all those problems for the rest of your life. So I don't know. I don't remember what the original treatment for Lyme disease is. I've never had Lyme disease. But I also don't know what would be the treatment for COVID and how quickly you would have to take that treatment in order to prevent long COVID. So that's why I was asking him, because I wonder sometimes if I have lasting impacts from it. And that's why I'm thinking, wow, maybe... Maybe you get the lasting impact from actually having COVID and not from the vaccine. I don't know, but there are, he also mentioned that 70% of those with Omicron are fully vaccinated. So I'm starting to think, and I asked this again of Dr. Hirshhorn, and he said he didn't think it was implausible. We'll, We'll dig into that when we talk to him, but that we should stop calling these all breakthrough cases and maybe start considering that there are cases of vaccine induced COVID. So that it's not a breakthrough case that would have happened whether or not you were vaccinated, but it's a, it is a function of the vaccine. And I'll tell you in the XR why that vaccine-induced COVID will absolutely not take off as an expression. It's, you're going to want to hear this. And then, uh, so I was thinking of that, and I heard I look that, that search term up all the time, by the way, on Google Scholar. Because vaccine induced COVID vaccine, not vaccine induced COVID vaccine induced and COVID vaccine. So I, I, I do those search terms together to find the latest side effects that have been declared responses to the vaccine. So you write vaccine induced. All right. I do a bunch of different variations of vaccine induced in quotations. Uh, plus coronavirus or plus COVID, COVID vaccine induced, sometimes I'll do. And I might type a specific side effect based on what I'm looking for. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you in the XR why it's not going to, 
going to catch on. Bush did have Lyme disease, by the way. He was treated for it back in 2007, and they treated it with antibodies. Or not antibodies, antibiotics. Antibiotics. Yeah, that's what I thought. So there was a famous singer, well, not famous to me, but Les Emerson of the five-man electrical band who sings the song Signs, 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 Everywhere, Signs. That's a good song. Yeah, it is a good song. Very catchy. He died of 77. Tesla sang that. What? I thought Tesla sang that, the band. Well, maybe they covered it, but there's no way five-man electrical band is not the 70s band that (laughs) played that 70s song first. So the wife said he got it despite being fully vaccinated because he had underlying health issues. So again, I'm like, is this vaccine-induced COVID? And the fact that it's supposed to be a reasonable answer to say, well, he had the vaccine, but he also had underlying illness, so he got COVID and died from it. That's what happens when you don't get the vaccine, right? So, and they didn't put those vulnerable people in the trials for the vaccines. So that is an untried demographic. No wonder he was extra vulnerable. So I don't know the whole thing. It's just super annoying. And then they're like, keep touting that there's 800,000 deaths from COVID in this country. But I caught them on Fox saying with COVID, with COVID. And I'm trying to find the excess death numbers. It's so hard to get the stats out of the CDC. It's so hard. I just, I, I spent 20 minutes on it and I really couldn't do it. I used to be able to do it more easily. I'll have to go back and look at my old notes and find the, the show notes where I click through to the, the stats because what they do is they don't give you stats more than a year or two old. So you can't just look back and say, okay, anytime there's a bad flu year, it spikes like mad. Like in 2017 in Europe, the death excess deaths versus the average spikes like mad. Anyway, yada, yada. Spend too much time on that. But um, on a, a good, the good news is that it does look like these vaccine mandates have peaked and are receding because Amtrak, Amtrak suspended the COVID vaccine mandate and no longer plans to cut service next month. So it feels like the disputes in court over Biden's mandate made it impossible to really navigate. But by saying that they were going to cut service and now they don't have to because they are no longer imposing the vaccine mandate, really, I think, belies all this. What's this labor shortage about thing? I think what happened with labor was they gave people stimmy checks. They scared them to stay home. And then as soon as the stimmy checks rolled off, the vaccine mandate started coming down. And then you had people who had to quit. So you're, it looks like you have a labor shortage, just inexplicable for the longest time. But those are the two reasons. And they happen to butt up against each other. So it looks like one trend. This is my opinion. And just based on what I read, not any statistical analysis I have done, but I think it's a plausible theory. Yeah, I don't know if they did intend for them to actually stick. They might have just been doing it for the purpose you're saying and to condition people to do it themselves so that they don't have to do or, the mandates. Or what the World Health Organization said, which is you don't want to um you don't want people to really lose faith in government. So you <laughs> should threaten them, coerce them, do whatever you can short of the mandate and see if that gets you where you need to be. And that's exactly what they're doing. This is as close as they could come to a mandate without sending, you know, 
cops to your house or whatever, I guess. Yeah, without sending Joe door to door with Fauci, like Fauci went in New York last year. Speaking of cancer and diseases and illness, even though we weren't speaking of cancer, I'm speaking of it now. <laughs> speaking of. Through the pandemic, we've seen the virtual world and the digitation of everything find its moment. It's really accelerating at a rapid speed. And the same is true in the medical imaging industry. And the University of Pittsburgh did a study. They First of all, they have this AI technology. The researchers there have developed these models that evaluate medical images, and they have the potential to speed up and improve the accuracy of cancer diagnosis. And just like new form, any other new form of technology that's come into our virtual insane reality, they're vulnerable to cyber attacks. And in a new study, what the University of Pittsburgh did is they simulated an attack on their cancer-detecting AI, and their cancer-detecting AI was manipulated because this attack they simulated falsified mammogram Im images, and it fooled both the AI they developed, and it also fooled actual human beings. And it's interesting in the study because they do have to refer to the doctors as, as actual human beings because we are now at a point where we don't know if we're talking about a human or AI when it comes to our medical services. But the study said that this brings attention to the potential safety issue for medical AI known as adversarial attacks, which seek to alter images or other inputs to make models arrive at incorrect conclusions, incorrect diagnosis. And the doctor, the lead of the study, whose name is Sean Dong Wu, said, what we want to show with this study is that this type of attack is possible and it could lead to AI models to make the wrong diagnosis, which is a big patient safety issue. And by understanding how the AI models behave under adversarial attacks in medical context, we can start thinking about ways to make these models safer and more robust. Now, I want to point out before I tell you some other really interesting things about this study is that What's going on right here is the same thing they do in the weapons industry. Whether it's good or bad or not, I don't know. But this is an imagined scenario, not a scenario that they're saying has happened. This is an imagined scenario that they created. So they created this attack that they imagined that didn't previously exist so that they could then build up their weapons defenses for them. That not that their excuse for gain of function of anything? Yes, exactly. They, and I always say that the reason they sent Stuxnet to Iran and dropped drones over there and all this stuff is they want those dangers to exist. They want backdoors. They want failures to exist so that they can justify their own accelerated spending. It, exactly. And you wonder, because the type of attack they're talking about is somebody manipulating someone's mammogram to draw the wrong conclusion for the doctor or for the AI. Now, is that something that maybe is going to be, will happen? Possibly. Is that, you know, rare? Probably rare. Like you don't, you know, invest millions of dollars into protecting your house from uh, it being crashed into by an airplane. It happens, but probably not a good investment. So here's a little bit about this technology is basically it helps radi radiologists be more efficient and accurate because by rapidly screaming mammogram images and identifying those most likely to have cancer. So the model they created to, de to detect cancer for this study was over 80% accuracy, okay? And then they created this, a cyber weapon essentially to attack their own system. And after doing that, that accuracy level fell to 30%. And it also fooled some of the doctors that they showed it to. So they had the, the, the weapon that they created, the cyber weapon, take positive cancer tests and alter the images 
to make them negative, but alter them in a way that's imperceptible to the human eye. And they, they did it the reverse, too. And the AI was just terrible at detecting it. And some of the doctors detected it very well. Other doctors were terrible. Like one doctor had a 70% accuracy. Another had 20%. I'm like maybe that doctor sucked in the first place. I had, I hate mammograms. I've had terrible experiences. They read them wrong. They make you do them over and over again. And the last time they literally, maybe there's something wrong with my anatomy or what, but they, they like had me do it over and and then they just got it wrong. They were like miss seeing a blood vessel for like something bad. And then when I was leaving, she said, well, you have to come back in six months because you had an abnormal result. I was like, I didn't have an abnormal result. You just didn't read it right. You understand? Right. Like the thing, yeah. it, it, so my point isn't a personal anecdote. It's more that there are a lot of inaccuracies in it, but I actually think that false positives is what drives that industry. That reading it wrong is what gets them to keep pumping out those mammograms. Yeah. I have really lost all kind of benefit of the doubt to the medical establishment after I saw my friend die of cancer. I've had that experience, lots of experiences where I just feel like it's just a, a, that the policies and protocols, unbeknownst really to the nurses and stuff, are there just simply to make money. Like it's not cool. Yeah, the the AI that was eighty percent accurate. They took they changed the false. They, it was a positive test, and the weapon changed it to negative. They got forty two out of forty four of them wrong after it was manipulated. The way that the it manipulates it, the adversarial attack on the medical images. They do tiny manipulations to change the AI's decision, or they make more sophisticated versions, which is basically like a deep fake to target sensitive contents of the actual image to just alter the image. I mean, it, it's pretty crazy. And he actually said that we need to do. What do I say? We say counter programming, and mm-hmm. we. Say counter messaging. He had a, a line like that where they're going to need to go ahead and create pre-adversarial attacks in order to stop adversarial attacks from coming in the future. <laughs> and the most interesting part of the study to me is who was it funded by? Let's give you a guess. Hmm. Harpa. Close. The National Institute of Health, the National mm-hmm. Cancer Institute, National Science Foundation, and the. NSF NIH Joint Program and National Security Science Foundation of China. We're uh, working with China again. You know, that they did that on Event 201 also. They did exactly, that on Exactly, the Wuhan lab. But I mean, the Event 201, the CDC of China was shoulder to shoulder with the guy, the US CDC. I mean, it's so weird. It's really weird. Well, it seems weird because they act like they're fighting, but it actually seems like it's kind of normal and everyday, you know, occurrence. That's the second story in a week that has come from, I think the other one was from the University of Pittsburgh as well. Another one was from Northwestern, but they're all funded by the same groups of people with the little added extra of China, again, working with the NIH like they did on the gain of function in the Wuhan lab. So Fauci's got his hands on it. Fauci's developing a weapon to deep fake medical imaging. Before we get to the break, I just thought it would be important to read a message I got from somebody, a patron of ours in Kentucky, since the the tornado story is still a big one, the devastation, they're definitely going to try to make something of that. And I wanted to make sure I got it in the free section so people would all hear it. And 
And that is KC from KY says, hey, guys, love the show. Just wanted to share some stuff with you about the tornado in Kentucky as I live 30 miles from Mayfield, the town that was flattened. And I lived and worked there for some years. Everyone in the area knew this storm was coming before it hit local news and the the before it hit and local news was really hyping this thing up. Our local news has also been really highlighting the candle factory. I suppose it could be because there were dozens of people trapped inside for a while, but there's people everywhere trapped and people who have lost their lives. They are reporting that people in that factory asked to leave to take shelter before the storm hit four or five hours before the storm hit is what the local news is reporting. Employees were threatened with termination if they chose to do that. Some did anyway, but many stayed. Many complained and were concerned about safety measures leading up to the collapse. This is just some of the stuff I've been seeing here that I thought you might find interesting. I always like to hear stories from the ground. And especially if it's somebody I know, I I find it interesting. That is interesting. They weren't letting them leave. I mean, they feel like they could be held liable if, if they got hurt. Yeah, absolutely. They must have thought it was no big deal because, like the governor said, this is worse than anything we could have imagined. It was the worst thing we ever saw. I mean, I remember growing up in New York and they would threaten hurricanes all the time, but there was absolutely no way it was ever going to hit that far inland, and it never did. So it was always a false alarm. And you'd be like, yeah, 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 it's just the hype. And then they sock you with one of these things, which probably had some weirdness going on. I have heard reports that there's just weird things going on that might have made this thing worse than it otherwise would have been. But yeah, so there there may be something to that. Doesn't mean that it was a totally natural event and these guys were total pieces of crap. It's just like that does seem to we've got somebody saying it sounds like there really was something that is going to cause those that uh that those people could were that the some of that reporting is actually true. Very interesting. I also like hearing notes like that. It's good to get some on-the-ground information. Before we get to our last story of the Free 30, which is going to be about which network is dominating the digital news space. Monica, you can think about if you have any guesses right now, although if you read the uh, Timekeeper notes and you already know the answer. so I didn't. Oh, awesome. Great. So we'll, we'll hear what your guesses are. I also want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the DMBXR, which is Chris Cuomo is accused yet again of engaging in what appears to be his new favorite pastime. And what do you call a big shot at Twitter? And how does he earn his title? Monica is going to work blue. Wow, that's exciting. Look forward to that. And of course, a big thank you to the sponsor of today's show, The Rye Guys. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy great Great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S.com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's sh- That's ryguys.com. Check them out and use the coupon code PROP10 to get that discount. 
And also, if you have not yet, check us out on Rockfin at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Rockfin is an emerging video platform service that behind the subscription paywall, what you get is you get the type of content that is no longer allowed to be on YouTube, stuff that gets censored there, people questioning things, people seeking the truth. And what we offer you guys through Rockfin is ad-free DMBXR Monday through Wednesday with DMBXR live streamed with video and interactive chat on Thursdays. That's exclusive to Rockfin. Also, all new Propaganda Report deep dives every other Friday where we pull back the curtain on what the powers that be, their plans and their strategies, and they're very open about the things that they hope to do and a little bit pretentious about it as well. You also get all interviews posted early release with video when available exclusively on Rockfin. And all Rockfin content of all Rockfin creators, including our friend Sam Tripoli, the Mad Ones, as well as Whitney Webb and Jimmy Dore and hundreds of other great creators. Rockfin.com slash Propaganda Report. All of that for $9.99 a month. Check it out. And now on to our final story of the free 30. Who do you think is dominating the digital news space, Monica, if you had to guess? Okay. Well, I did actually accidentally see it. So, so you do know the answer then. But I, if I were to guess without having seen it, who would I think was dominating the digital news? What is it? Digital what? The digital news space. Not digital the cable news, the digital news space. News. Like I... I would think it, I would have thought if I didn't see your thing that it would be Google because somehow Google forces itself onto my, in front of my face, off of my phone every night. I just, I don't like it, but I want to know what is the most highlighted news story. So I go to like the Google News app, which is on my phone for whatever reason. I don't know. Well, Google definitely facilitates the number one spot here because they do determine what shows up in the search rankings. And quite often you're going to run into oh. stories from this organization. Then you might oh. from an organization that is Got actually it. telling the truth about something. Well, while they might be dying on cable, CNN is apparently dominating all competitors. They're the largest digital news outlet in 2021. This is, of course, according to some possibly biased sources, but I'll give you some of the information after you. But you're right. I mean, that is 100% determined by Google. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Google's it's, yeah, they're talking story. about their websites. That's I'm reading through this thing and they're bragging about you it. Know, I'm like, wait a minute. You're talking you about CNN.com. I'm not sure I ever. Them. I'm not sure I ever really see anything from Fox in that feed. I never see anything from Fox. They always CNN's always recommended. It's top recommended. They used to have CNN on TVs at all the airports. I they removed that. I bet they got CNN as the homepage at all the airports now on the computer. Well, you know why Just they speculating. removed it. What? You know why they removed it from the airports? Why? Because people were getting too, they wanted people to stop being agitated. That's probably one of the reasons. Another reason is that cable news is dying due to that. Oh, maybe. Perhaps. I think that was their stated reason. Yeah, of course. You can rig this. If you, if you say, I want to be the digital news leader and you're CNN and you got Google working with you and you got all the, this, this power and this money, then you can actively make that happen by manipulating the way the search engines work and where you show up and, and just putting yourself up there. So they... They give like number one in the multi-platform unique views and mobile and website, and they got them just dominating everybody on all of them. And they have Fox like listed last on like all of them. So it's pretty funny <laughs> the way that they presented it. Just, you know, bookend both sides there, which does, you know, make you think it's a little bit biased because some some of these, this is uh, some of it's due to. Nielsen, they have Nielsen ratings for the internet now, which they're moving everything to these wow. streaming services. But this is what 
we were talking about the other day when we were talking about all these people stepping down from their positions or stepping back from their positions and moving over to streaming services because this is where it's going. And this, I think, is how a company like CNN and others, this is how you really radicalize people. You keep them in those containers where you're not allowed to question anything and you can completely block out information that you know might make you start to think a little bit. And I would think that with the subscription services, for someone like CNN, as they move to the subscription model where they already have a little bit, you're going to get either the people who really love just mocking their material enough to pay for it and the most diehard people who are just on the edge of being completely just radicalized and mentally shut down. So that's who they're going to get there because they don't want anybody who's not like that in their subscription services. Yes, that it is always true to me that their agenda is above their profits all the time. Like that for the longest time, I would talk to people who thought I was crazy and my conspiracy theories that – See, the reason CNN is successful, the reason there's sex in movies and stuff is that's what sells. It's like, you know what? I don't think the numbers back that up. I think that there are other agendas. And I think like, um, you know, somebody, a media mogul has a big interest in big pharma or in energy or something beyond that has divided loyalties in some other way. It's not just profits. We should be so lucky if it was just profits, then at least it would reflect our desires. But it's not that. Yeah, I think the most disturbing thing about what they're reporting anyway, and given this is going to be some of their cherry picking of numbers and whatnot and their sources they get the info from, is that they are leading in mobile visitors. And that's where a lot of people are getting their information now. They are leading in young adults in 2021 to date. So they're the number one news outlet and unique multi-platform visitors between the ages of 18 to 34 with an average of 35 million per month. I mean, that's the money demo. Yeah, that's exactly, that's the group that you want to capture their minds, especially the younger end of that group. But that's, that is actually the money. Oh, they got the money. (laughs) Yeah, that's the ones who spend. It's not necessarily that they got, but those, I think the, the, Optimal demographic is males 25 to 45, but whatever, if you're getting the the ute. Yes. One more statistic, and then we'll wrap this one up. CNN had 143 million average monthly unique visitors in 2021 on their website to the study date, which is mid-November, versus Fox. It only had a measly 87.4 million. <laughs> That's... That's not too shabby. No, this is just an easily manipulated statistic. And you know what they get from it? They get funding. They get all kinds of other stuff. So news making news by manipulating the news, I think, is the (laughs) story there. That's a good headline. I I did not have a wrap today until I saw something from Laura. And just so you know, you know, this uh, Apocalypse Coffee, which I have not tried yet because... I just got mine. I can't wait to try it. Oh, yeah. So I sent my mother a bean grinder and we're bringing all the beans to her because it's normal coffee and I only have an espresso machine, which she's going to send me some espresso, but I don't I don't have that yet. So I'm literally packing my carry on with apocalypse coffee beans. But this isn't a sponsor of ours or anything. I just he's just a patron and we've talked to him on Zoom parties and he sent us this stuff and his art is cool and his coffee smells unbelievable. And then we had that 
message from Alyssa who said she's been going there this whole time since it's open. She lives right down the street. She loved those guys. She went in there with her like tears in her eyes to hug those guys. And then look at this. That was Alyssa. This is Laura. Laura, our friend from Atlanta, is moving down there. She said, I just got back from Apocalypse Coffee and I met one of the owners, Mike, who's Justin's brother-in-law. I am an avocado toast and coffee connoisseur. And the avocado toast was absolutely top three I've ever had. And the Joe was truly the cleanest cup of coffee I've ever tasted. Hats off to them. And I must say, it's not like any coffee shop I've ever been to. What a cool place. I will be moving here in the next three months. I'm so glad I found them. Thanks for sharing this little gem with us. So I asked them to give us a promo code and they're working on that they it's not live yet but uh if you want to just find their goods and all of our other sponsors that we've ever had i put on a page so i don't know if we have any paying sponsors right now but i don't care because especially when it's stuff like this which is great it's a service to everyone to promote these businesses go to thepropreport.com and go to the shop tab. It's on the upper right-hand menu or the top menu if you're on your phone. And then in there is a little place you can click to get to the sponsor portal and um, and everything's there. So Merry Christmas. Try to Merry get ahead of it. Get Christmas. after it. Let's yeah, get, after get a- it. Hashtag get after it. <laughs> and we're going to hear what Cuomo's been doing to get after it, even more stuff he's been doing. And also, if we have time, I do have a story related to avocados. So we can well, bring that thought, back a little bit here. I thought I was going to be the one working blue, but sounds like you've got, you yeah. might give me a run for my money. We'll see. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform at the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that I was telling you about, go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and sign up there. We will talk to you guys tomorrow or in the DNB XR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.